You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Ask Drone You news show. Joining me as always today is the Flying Dutchman who has flown across the pond to tell us how crappy our public schools really are. Just kidding. That being said, Haya, welcome to the show. Hey Paul, good morning. How are you? What did you have for breakfast today? I had a McDonald's sandwich. Yay! (laughs) On that bombshell, audio is good, Haya, which brings us to our first story of the day. Actually, because of one of the bots that we have set up on Instagram, I found a new leak to the Mavic 3, an image I haven't seen before. And yet it seems like this may not actually be a new leak of a Mavic 3 at all. As drone pilots are debating, this may actually be a completely different product. Haya, did you see these images that came out of the Mavic 3 or is it an X7 gimbal? Yeah, I saw them yesterday come by, and um, I think both of these images are photoshopped. Uh, there might be something in there, I mean, like you're saying, for a gimbal, but I doubt it, to be honest. I mean, this will be the third time we see a photoshopped image of a, a Mavic 3 announcement, and I think, if anything, what it tells us is how anxious people are to get a real new DJI drone. Not some Mavic Mini, not some Mavic Air 2, but the new Mavic 3, and People are, people are desperate for a new drone, and uh, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we're going to get one in 2020. As far as we can tell, based on the information we've received, it all indicates that it's going to be early next year before we see a drone like that. So expect more photoshopped images to come by in the meantime, as we are anxiously waiting this new drone. Yeah, I mean, didn't you write in your Game of Drones article that DJI wouldn't be launching a new drone until an administration change? Is that right? Yeah, that's what we've heard. And uh, until uh, the current administration leaves the White House and a new one comes in, DJI was not going to launch the Mavic 3. Now, of course, uh, you're not going to get this confirmed from DJI. You're not going to find this uh, written in stone anywhere, but that's through the grapevine, the news that we've heard. Yeah, what a political move that is. But that brings us to our next story. As people try to decide of whether using Amazon or Walmart, it seems like Walmart is trying to step up the game with drone delivery. Haya, it really makes me wonder, as COVID has really made us move into e-commerce even more, and it's perpetuated e-commerce even more, it makes you wonder if the next large um, monster of retail is going to be the company that can deliver packages packages the fastest and it looks like the systems to do so are going to be really important but Haya what is Walmart doing are they really testing drones are they really rolling this out what's going on Yeah, they're going to start testing in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And and just to back up a little bit, I mean, we've already seen UPS and Wing, which is a subsidiary from Google. Those two companies got their Part uh, 135 certification, making them air carrier companies, if you will. Amazon recently got the same Part 135 certification. So Amazon joined that exclusive group, if you will. And now we're hearing that Walmart is starting to test with drones for uh, home drone delivery service as well. And over the last few 
few years, we've seen Walmart and then and Amazon basically going head to head as two giant retail companies that are trying to uh, bring products like the widest variety at the lowest possible price at the highest convenience. Now, we already know from Amazon, they can deliver really quickly. So you don't need to go to an Amazon store to get what you want. You can just order it online. And we've seen Walmart, which has like a ton of physical uh, locations, as of course, everybody knows, moving into that online space as well. And it seems now that they're more and more going to copy Amazon. They already uh, announced that they're going to launch Walmart Plus, which is basically uh, a copy of Amazon Prime, the uh, subscription service. And now they're also going to launch a drone delivery service to get smaller grocery items, uh, small baskets, they call them, delivered to people's houses very, very quickly. Now, for them, in order to do so, they are most likely going to need their Part 135 certification as well. We have not heard if they are pursuing that currently. I would imagine that they would. And they're using drones from Flytrax Aviation. Again, these tests are going to take place in North Carolina in Fayetteville. And it's all planning to happen uh, in, in the last few months of this year. So we're definitely going to keep an eye out for Walmart and see if any new drone news is coming from that company. So not only in the United States are we seeing uh, retail companies moving into the uh, drone delivery service business. Tesco, which is a giant um, retail company as well, a grocery store really in the United Kingdom, they are starting to do uh, tests with drone delivery service as well. They've partnered up with Mana Arrow in Ireland to deliver packages there. And um I'm not quite sure what the regulations are for uh, drone delivery services in the United Kingdom. I would imagine they're somewhat similar because the perceived risk, of course, is the same with drones either falling out of the sky or flying beyond a visual line of sight. Uh, They've teamed up with Mana Arrow and they're looking to fly their drones at 260 feet. So quite high, but still well below the 400 uh, feet limits that we have in the United States. And I'm pretty sure that in the UK, it's either 100 meters or 125 meters. So it's around the same elevation basically and these drones are going to fly at 50 miles an hour within a range of 1.2 miles which arguably might still be within a visual line of sight so maybe instead of flying beyond visual line of sight maybe what they're doing in england or in ireland is to keep the radius a little smaller uh, so that they can go ahead with these uh, drone surface tests without getting all the necessary approvals. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there as well. So we have Amazon, uh, Walmart in the US, and now Tesco in the United Kingdom as well, launching and testing their drone delivery service. Honestly, uh, I used to live in Europe, and Tesco was one of my favorite stores because it's kind of like the a mall all-in-one store, just kind of like Walmart is, except it's uh, it's got European fashion, so you feel much classier walking through the store. But I think Tesco has a much better opportunity for drone delivery because most of their buildings are very tall. They're in very, very congested cities. And actually, the idea of extending visual line of sight is quite smart. Uh, kind of gives me an idea of how you could use research uh, to prove how drone delivery could be uh, accomplished even more so here in America if you could prove visual line of sight was further uh, than what people already assume. Hi, let me ask you, as someone myself who's avidly awaiting the Walmart Prime alternative, do you think that uh, drone delivery will be included with Walmart's Prime Maybe not so much Amazon's. Like you got to pay for an additional like level of Prime to get this. Um, well, their Walmart Plus subscription service, I believe, is uh, priced right below $100 uh, per year, which would 
put it right at the same level as Amazon. Uh, whether that would include free delivery service through drones, I don't know. Keep in mind though that uh, testing of drone delivery services typically takes place either in very controlled environments or in very remote environments where uh, very few people live. So they try to lower the risk profile as much as possible when they conduct these tests. And I think we're still probably a couple of years away from uh, from seeing drone delivery services as a routine service flying, let's say, through dense urban areas. I don't see that happening anytime soon, really, uh, for a couple of reasons, mostly to do with regulations from the FAA. We still first need uh, remote ID, and also we need something for flying drones beyond visual line of sight especially if these drones are flying fully autonomously because the current uh, regulation for drones still requires a pilot at the sticks. Even if he doesn't fly all the time, he needs to be ready to take over control. So uh, for routine drone delivery services, I think we're still a few years out. I just had an epiphany here, Haya. If the FAA requires you to have a strobe at Civil Twilight, and that strobe is supposed to be seen for three statute miles, then isn't the assumption that you could fly visual line of sight up to three miles away? Maybe not necessarily in civil twilight, maybe in daylight, I don't know. But this actually yeah. provides quite the argument for extending visual line of sight when using strobes. And Haya makes me wonder if we should be pursuing a... Uh, a point of research to submit to the FAA to say this actually might be a very good idea for extending drone operations by yeah. simply adding daytime strobes because you could argue, I mean, like think about the legal argument in court, right? You know, hey, you got caught flying a drone beyond visual line of sight. Uh, you were caught flying a mile away. It's like, well, I was using a strobe, the same strobe mm -hmm. that I use for my daylight waiver. And the daylight waiver says the strobe must be able to be seen for three miles. We know this particular strobe is qualified to do that. So isn't visual line of sight assumed to be three miles then? It'd be worth doing a, a deep dive into this because I don't think the FEA has defined a specific distance as being within visual line of sight. And of course, it depends on many factors. I mean, for one, your own eyesight, but secondly, uh, position of the sun. Are you flying into the sun? Is the sun uh, shining on you from behind? Is it cloudy? Is it rainy? Uh, how big is the drone that you're flying? What color does the drone have? Now, like you're suggesting, if you put a strobe on the drone, then I think even in, in bright daylight, uh, you would significantly extend your visual line of sight. I don't know if you would get to three miles, but you would probably get pretty close to it, I would imagine. Yeah, it might be setting up a good argument, frankly, for how to achieve that. But that brings us into our next piece of news, because we probably are not the only drone pilots who could benefit from flying a little bit further away from ourselves as one particular drone is actually, it seems like, measuring groundwater. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, students and a professor from the University of Rhode Island, uh, they've used drones with a thermal camera to basically monitor salt ponds that you have in that area and see where the groundwater seeps into those ponds. And typically the groundwater comes from the bottom up, but especially late in the summer when that salt pond is already warmed up because of all the nice weather, that groundwater tends to be a lot cooler. So when you fly over that salt pond with a drone and a thermal camera, you can see those plumes of uh, fresh groundwater basically coming in. 
Now, you may wonder, like, why is this important? Why do we care for this? So the issue is when polluted groundwater, possibly carrying pesticides, comes into those saltwater ponds, you want to know where the water is coming from. So monitoring it and knowing where the water inflow uh, originates uh, helps them to do so. They've been testing this project uh, with an off-the-shelf $10,000 drone. Uh, they didn't specify which one, but I would imagine it's probably Matrice with a thermal camera. And that's the, uh, the research project that's been going on in Rhode Island, which I think is quite interesting, actually. Yeah, definitely interesting. It's cool to see how different people are using drones to solve problems. And not only solve problems, Haya, but even to determine and find things that were lost from endangered animals to ancestral sites in Kansas. In these next two stories, explain once again how drones are being used for good. What's going on here, Haya? Yeah, so you can use drones to track polluted groundwater seeping into salt ponds, but you can also use a drone to track wildlife. And the thing with wildlife is, and this story, by the way, takes us down under, takes us to uh, Australia. The traditional ways of counting and monitoring wildlife would be that you, first of all, uh, walk into the jungle or the forest and manually count and track the wildlife. But now what they're doing with radio tags is they're able to follow individual animals. Now, the problem is still is if you do this in a manual fashion, you can only really track one animal at once and your radio signal is limited because you're from the ground level up. And as soon as you have elevation changes in the terrain, your range is quite limited. So what would be the ideal solution? Obviously, you mount all that stuff on the drone and you fly over those areas. And this is exactly what a researcher in Australia, uh, Debbie Saunders, is doing. She equipped a drone with uh, this tracking equipment and they can cover hundreds of miles in a day uh, scouting for these animals and they can track up to 40 animals at once versus tracking an individual animal from the ground level up so it makes a huge difference she used to work in academia she now has launched a company called wildlife drones and she has basically stopped um, working in academia to focus fully on her uh, drone company because these services are not only used in australia but they're also being used now elsewhere in the world yeah um i now that you said australia i'm like okay how is she flying hundreds of miles per day that's like not technically possible following the rules but australia right that makes sense totally and in fact i wish it was easy to follow the rules and fly hundreds of miles a day here there's really no reason not to so and again i don't want to play drone please (laughs) uh But it's not necessarily hundreds of miles. They cover hundreds of acres per day. So square acres is what they're talking about. Gotcha. Okay, so not miles, acres. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Covering 400 acres in a day is quite easy. That being said, that brings us to our next piece of news, Haya, which I'm excited for this. No offense. I wasn't really excited for the last couple stories. Uh, Tracking cows is fun. Uh, That being said, uh, I am really excited, though, about the new Ronin RS2. The Ronin S is probably one of my favorite assets to have. In fact, I absolutely love the thing. So help me understand here. What is the RS2? Is it just one gimbal? Are there two versions? What makes it different? 
Yeah, so originally it seemed like it was only going to be one Ronin RS2, uh, and a more professional um, gimbal that combined all the best parts from the original S and the SC. It seems like with a lot of carbon fiber making it a really strong but also lightweight handheld gimbal. It was going to be launched on September 9th, which of course, as we're recording the show on September 11th, is already two days behind us. But what happened is DJI sent out another announcement with an image showing two gimbals, not just one Ronin, two Ronins. And in the background, you see the numbers 2020 and 10, indicating that it's going to be October instead of September. So we have bad news on one hand. Uh, we have to wait even longer for this Ronin gimbal to arrive. The good news on the other hand is we're going to get two of them instead of just one. And if you look at the image, it, it seems to indicate that one is going to be more for professional use, probably more expensive, lighter weight, maybe having stronger motors as well. And then there's another version, which is less say a prosumer model, I would imagine significantly less expensive, probably less strong in terms of the motors and the power and the payload it can carry. But for those people who don't need all those professional features, that might just be the gimbal to go for. Now, the question, of course, is why did DJI delay the launch of their products? Uh, we reached out to DJI. We got a really nice, polite, professional answer from them, but not really the answer and the information we were looking for. Uh, we're not quite sure, but what it might be is that Apple has their event, I think, in four or five days from today. And it seems that DJI possibly did not want to launch a new product in the midst of all the Apple news coming out over the next week or so. So that makes sense. Uh, they would get lost in all the noise, I would imagine. So now we have to wait until the end of the month. Uh, they did not give us a day other than just saying 2020 and October. So it might be October 1st. Uh, I would expect at least early on in the month. Wow, that's awesome, man. I'm really excited about that. Uh, yeah. So much that you can do with these things. It's ridiculous. It's probably the best augmentation uh, to the drones that we have, frankly. Well, Haya, that brings us to our last piece of news uh, this week. Last week, we talked about, you know, all these new American drone manufacturers. We talked about Teal. We talked about Freefly, you know, kind of teasing the Astro. And one particular person brought up that a lot of these drones are concepts. They're not available yet. Well, one drone manufacturer who is, well, right here in America, has showcased an entirely new way of designing drones, launching their new platform, Prism. We actually did another long-form interview with Bobby Watts of Watts Innovation, who seems to be the underdog in the drone manufacturing industry when it comes to American drone manufacturers. But Haya, I have to say this prism is really exciting. It's the first drone that I've ever seen that has variable propulsion. What do I mean by that? I mean that you can actually take the arms off and put new arms on and the drone automatically and autonomously programs itself to work with those new motors and those new ESCs. This is truly a platform. I mean, we are so excited about this particular aircraft. We are going to teach a class on it in our new props system. And I honestly think that this aircraft could actually crush a lot of those other aircraft that were announced simply because of the ease of use, the HD downlink, the built-in autonomy, the fact that you can carry payloads above and below, and the fact that you can carry a wide range of payloads. In fact, a wider range of payloads than any of those other drones that were even released. By hitting a lot of these different aspects, Watts Innovations has created a true drone platform. As oftentimes when new drones come out, pilots think about 
Well, should I replace one particular drone when I buy this new one? The question this time may be, which drones should be replaced with this one drone? Because this is a true platform. And I love the portability of this drone too, Haya. This looks like a heavy lift because it is, but it fits in a box that's literally that size right there. (laughs) (laughs) Easy enough to transport. So So when you spoke to them, did they give you any information in terms of what we can expect in terms of pricing or... Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember right off the top of my head right now what pricing was. I know it is currently available. I know that you can uh, buy one. There are three working units right now and they're in production right now for their first line. That said, I think it's cool that we're actually seeing these drones in real life. We're seeing them fly. These are not, uh, you know, uh, what is it called? VFX. It's, it's real. I love, too, the fact that I know one particular team who has tried this system on set, and I think it's an amazing, amazing drone. Another reason that I'm really excited, Haya, is the Coaxial X8 setup. A lot of people who have not flown Coaxial drones are not familiar with the level of stability and the level of um, sensitivity as well. Like you have a very stable aircraft, but you also have a very aggressive flying aircraft. You can do so much with that thing. I'm sure you can tell just from uh, my demeanor that I'm really excited about this new drone platform, which is by watts innovation again it's called prism and uh, i think it's worth checking out Haya. yeah for sure and uh, to be honest maryland is not that far from uh, from ram based so maybe i'll just swing by one of these days and see what they're up to because it'd be nice to see these drones in action let's talk about that off camera uh there was something that i spoke about with bobby and uh yeah let's discuss that off camera i think you're onto something that said Gentlemen and ladies, want to thank you again for joining us today, joining the Flying Dutchman and myself on another edition of the Ask Drone You News Show. Stay tuned for next week when we will be, well, airing at our normal time. Haya, thanks again for joining me today. I'm excited to see you next week. Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have found the show useful or friendly, For whatever reason, please leave us a review and a subscribe. That's going to do it for us today. My name is Paul. This is Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.